0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Well, listen, we're gonna jump into the word for a few minutes. the time we have left, we are in a series on family. So get your, get your Bible out, get your iPad out, get your phone out. <laughs> open your Bible, open your iPad for some of you. Open your eyes, it's okay. We'll be done in a few minutes. We're, we're, in part, we're in the middle of our, our series. We changed today just a little bit in light of the events. And I want to talk on staying in topic, if you will, context of the family series. That's in my heart I want to share. Just I know there's a lot of chaos. I know there's a lot of uncertainty. I know there's a lot of fear, just to be honest. And so we're going to take a look at that for a minute. The world's changing. It's different. It's different than I, I went to bed last night. It was one way and woke up this morning. It's another way. It just seems like it's that way all the time. But even though the world's changing constantly, we serve a God that changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word is always true, always relevant. That's why we can build a foundation. That's why he's the only foundation that we can build to stand the test of time. Now, our, our, our um, main text for the series is Matthew 7, 24 through 27. I'm not gonna read that for you today uh, for time's sake, but it's in your live notes. Um, if you haven't been here, you can go back and listen. I encourage you to always go back and Listen. You'll see that in your live notes. I want to jump right into a story in 2 Kings. 2 Kings 6.15. The Matthew scriptures talk about the foundation being built on, building our home on a foundation that will stay in the storms of life. And can I tell you, it's pretty stormy out there. And we need to make sure we're building it right on the right things. We build our winning team at home. And so, but this passage of scripture is one of my favorite for a lot of reasons. I was looking at it and seeing it a little differently, listening a little differently. And so here's the prophet Elisha and his servant had been um, helping uh, God's people with, as God would speak to him, giving instruction to the king and to be able to combat the enemy. And so the enemy was just dumbfounded. They couldn't figure out how that um, God's people would know what's happening. Every time we have a plan, it seems like it's revealed that we have a spy in our midst and can I tell you the best intelligence gathering is through the Holy Spirit? Can I tell you that right now? He will reveal. You need some intelligence gathering on your teenager? Ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, he will help you. <laughs> he helped my mom and dad. <laughs> Too much. But anyways, that's another story. We're not talking about that. And uh, so now they're wanting, let's get this guy. We've got to get this prophet. He's giving away all our information. So they found out where he was staying one night and they surrounded the city in the middle of the night. So here, let's pick up the story. Second Kings 6.15 says this, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the next morning. An army with horses and chariots surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. Let's stop right there for a second. I love this servant. Now, number one, he's the servant of one of probably the greatest prophets that ever lived. Elijah was a great prophet. This, this prophet, Elisha, was the servant of, and the Bible says he did double the miracles and, and did things, and so here we have a servant that's with probably the greatest ser- uh, prophet on the planet, and so he went to bed, everything looked good, right? Every, you know, maybe one more walk around the walls or something, I don't know, let's go to sleep, we can sleep peacefully, everything looks good. But when he woke up, everything changed. Have you been there? The world wasn't the same. The world wasn't the same when I went to bed. His world, my world, is not the same when I woke up as it was when I went to bed. Everything's changed, everything's different, nothing's the same now. Have you ever been there? You went to bed one night, thinking everything was great, and the next day everything's changed. We know that in two hours away in a community called Rivaldi, everything's different now. We know that in Buffalo. We know that in our own lives and let's take away the the loss and the tragic loss of life which is tremendous to even our own lives. You went to bed one night one way and you woke up the next way. You didn't expect it. You didn't know it. And now everything has changed and like this (laughs) servant, you're like, oh no. Oh no, my Lord. Oh no, no, no. Some of you would be like, oh no, 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 no. right? And some of you be OMG and some of you be, oh no. Oh no. This is totally different. I don't feel comfortable here. I'm not sure what's happened, but everything's changed. All of a sudden I went to bed in peace and I, I woke up in chaos. All of a sudden I went to bed in safety. Now now I feel this sense of fear because my humanity is feeding off circumstances around me that are not the same because they change all the time. And I woke up in peace and now I I mean I, I went to bed in peace and I woke up in chaos. Oh no. We feel that way a lot. His first response wasn't, praise God. Well, praise God. Look, there's thousands of soldiers surrounding this place. Praise the Lord. This is God's opportunity. Come on. I know some of you are super spiritual that can do that. Would you pray for me? (laughs) This is God's opportunity. Most of us would respond out of our humanity and just, oh, no. not sure what happened here. Here's what happened. He woke up to a different world than the one he went to sleep in. He woke up to uncertainty. He woke up to unsettling. He woke up to fear. Have you ever woke up the next day after you lost someone? I still remember the next day after I, my dad went to heaven. Maybe it wasn't someone going or graduating to heaven. Maybe it was someone just had left. Have you ever woke up like that? Have you ever woke up and you've had a steady job, and now the next day you don't? You don't know what you're going to do to be able to take care of, feed your family? Have you ever woke up one day you... Felt like you were feeling fine and the next day you got a bad report from the doctor. Have, have you ever woke up like that? What's the first one? the first time you woke up in a world that wasn't what it was when you went to bed without the steady job. How about this one? This one's really laying on me pretty hard and I don't know what God's going to ask me to do about it, but something. Have, have, did you ever woke, did you, have you woke up in this world today and found that there's a baby formula shortage? 70% shortage around the whole entire country and because i know people that are trying to find and calling places trying to find baby formula have you ever woke up in a world that all of a sudden now there's this pandemic and everybody has to wear masks and all this kind of socially distant you're listening have you ever woke up we have we all have we woke up and those might be extreme circumstances it seems like but we've all went to bed one way and woke up and things were totally completely different let's keep reading he asks, what shall I do? And here's his response to the question, which we'd all, oh, it's the right question. Hey, what shall I do? And he says, don't be afraid, to which we say, pow. <laughs> all right? Don't you want to slap people at it? Like, come on. No, you can't do that. Uh, Will Smith's learned that. But you know, you have this moment. <laughs> Will, if you're watching, I love you, man. You can give online. Um, <laughs> and we would be like, oh, thank you. That's great advice. Oh, I never thought of that. Oh, everything's better now. Thank you. Okay, well, don't be afraid. Boom, got it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Don't be afraid. We'll get back in a second. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed, and this is the prayer I want you to pray. Open his eyes, Lord, open my eyes, Lord, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see, so that we may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. His eyes were open because he could see the enemy. The prayer was, to let me see what I can't see. And isn't that what the Bible says that the unseen realm is really more real than the seen realm? And people of faith have the ability to see beyond what we see in the natural. Don't be afraid don't be afraid. Interesting. Because here's the response. And I love this response and seeing it this way. What shall we do? Elisha says, don't be afraid. And sometimes it's more important. Here's what I am gonna say. Sometimes it's more important what we don't do than what we do. I mean, think about it. flip the script for a moment because we're always looking, well, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, I don't know, but here's what you don't do. And maybe faith is more expressed in what we don't do, and we get caught up in emotion and pressure and do some things we never should have done, but maybe it takes more faith or maybe it's a more expression of faith to, do what we, to not do what we shouldn't do. Don't. Okay, what says don't be afraid? We'll get that in a second, but don't. The prophets, what shall we do? He says, don't. No, what shall we do? Don't. What shall we do? Don't. What won't you do in a time where you can be fearful, worried, anxious, or hurt? A servant's wondering, what is, what's going on in this new world? I, I woke up, and what do you mean, don't? The prophet says, don't. First thing we do is decide what we won't do. I don't know about you, but that's not generally my starting point. <laughs> but according to this passage of Scripture, when you wake up in a world that's different than what you went to bed, one of the first things you should do is make a decision what you don't do i won't spend hours reading the latest updates and i would encourage you i had to stop reading all the things going in valley i couldn't take it anymore my my emotional capacity was already on overload but something in me wanted to keep reading more and more don't don't spend hours going over the latest conspiracy theories and to be honest with you i love a good conspiracy theory that is something i'm working through I won't watch updates on the news all day long or on Twitter and I certainly won't do it right before I go to bed and you'll wonder why you can't sleep. What I won't do is have conversations in my head that will never ever really happen. What I won't do is create worst case scenarios in my mind and I won't let it dominate the words out of my mouth. I won't go and be around doom and gloom people. I won't be around angry people that wants to blame everybody for everything. I won't do that. What won't you do when you wake up and the world's different? What do we do? prophet says, don't be afraid. Well, fear is important to manage, and I'll talk about that in a minute, because what fear does sometimes, it makes it hard for us to think straight, to know what we're to do and not do. It makes it hard to walk in faith. And when I say faith, I want you to hear me. I don't mean this faith that means that I'm denying everything that's really happening. I don't mean that at all. Faith doesn't mean the denial of reality of what's happening. It just means that there's a greater power. And faith doesn't mean, I don't mean by faith, I don't don't mean by faith by like comparing my situation to other people's situations. I don't mean that. I don't mean by faith by minimizing the pain or the hurt or the fear, the reality of it all. There's real suffering. There's real pain. We don't, Compare, we don't, let me say this, we don't get on social media and give our two cents. We don't get out there and all of a sudden decide that we know what God would do best and God's judgment is this and God's doing this and doing that. Let God take care of all that. We don't do that. What won't you do? What don't you do? What you won't do in times like this is just as important as what you will do. In fact, what you won't do may be even more of a faith-filled response. not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. What are we going to do? What can't you do? Well, I won't live in fear. I may feel fear. I may experience fear. But I'm not going to live there. I may experience moments of fear in my life, but I'm not going to live there. Do you remember when you were afraid to cough around other people? <gasps> right there, that person. Do you remember? Do you remember letting everyone say, That's allergies? Do <laughs> you remember that? We we're afraid of those things. I dare say a lot of parents experienced some fear when they sent their kids off to school the last couple days. It's okay to experience that, we're human but we can't live there. We don't live in fear. It's not that I won't feel fear. It's not that I won't have questions. It's not, it's not that you need to decide what you won't do. Well, I won't stop praying prayers. And even in times like this, and I've had it this week, my prayer is like, Jesus, I didn't have three scriptures to add in the moment because of my emotions. I didn't even understand the situation enough that I couldn't even formulate a theologically correct prayer. And I don't even know that my language was such that it could have been. Sometimes that prayer just passionately comes out of your mouth, and he's okay with that. But I won't stop praying passionately expressing my heart to God. I won't. I won't. They may not have been very faith-filled or very confident or very well put together, but they were passionate. But I won't stop I won't stop worshiping. I don't feel like it sometimes in the midst of those things. But I won't stop worshiping because I know that worship will turn my worry around. I won't stop praising God. Well, what do you have God to praise for? What do you have to praise God for? Are you still on the planet? Are you saved? I won't stop reading the Word. The Word gives me strength and comfort. I don't want to get it out and sit down and... Look at a passage of scripture, but I won't stop reading the word because it builds my faith in it, strengthens my foundation. I won't stop pursuing. I don't understand the situation, but I won't per- stop pursuing God. I won't stop trusting. It makes no sense to me. Where were you? How come? But I know your character and I know your nature. I won't stop serving God and other people, but sometimes we serve our way through a storm. And I won't stop giving No matter how high inflation gets or interest rates, no matter the uncertainty of economy, it's been uncertain before. It'll be uncertain again. But the one thing is certain economically. It's God's way is the way. And it works. I won't stop giving. It's different when I went to sleep than I woke up, but I, I won't stop giving. I won't stop coming, gathering. I won't stop. I won't back down, I won't give in, I won't surrender. I don't know what to do, but I know what I won't do. I'll not give away my confidence. I don't understand what's happening, but I understand who God is. My confidence is in him, not in this world system or not what I can understand. I won't give away my joy. My joy is not an emotion, it comes from heaven, it comes from God, not the changing circumstances of my life, I won't give that away. I'll not give away my peace. My peace was purchased by the blood of Jesus. My peace came at a high price, no greater price paid for my peace than Jesus shed his blood so I can have peace in the midst of a storm. I can have peace in chaos. I will not give the most valuable thing that I have paid by the most valuable price possible away. I won't give it away and I won't allow it to be taken from me. I might be scared but I'm still going to stand I'm going to stand on the word of God the God that we serve is able to deliver us but even if he doesn't I'll not bow down or give in said three young Hebrew men before they were thrown into the fire and the things that bound them the fire that was meant to kill them burned away all the things that bound them I will not give in I will not bow down Elisha prayed, open his eyes. They were open physically, naturally. He could see all the enemy there. So there's something more he was seeing. He opened them to see beyond what he was seeing. And that's what we need to do. There's apparently another lens when it comes to faith. Another perspective. That God's people need to learn to see beyond what we're seeing. We have to see beyond the natural into the spiritual. And I don't mean to be super spooky spiritual. But there's a reality of another lens to see beyond what you're seeing with your eyes. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. See, the prayer prayed is a powerful prayer. It's maybe one of the most powerful prayers depending on your situation. But this prayer is a prayer for perspective. It was a prayer for perspective. See, the servant was asking for protection, meaning what do we do, what can we do, but the prayer given him was for perspective, being what do you see. Let's start with what you see first. If the enemy can keep you from seeing the blessings, he can keep you broken. But what are you seeing? The truth is that when your vision of God is smaller, then what you're seeing, something small is blocking something bigger. And I don't mean to minimize circumstances, and there's certainly no minimizing the tragedy that has happened this last week. I can't think of anything greater but God. I'm not minimizing pain and loss, but I know God is still bigger. I know God is still greater than those things. So don't let your sight block your vision. Don't let your sight... Shape your perspective. So, what the prophet gave the servant was a different perspective. See, there's more than what we're seeing with our natural eyes. And what he said, there's more that are with us than are against us. See, and this is kind of the theme in scripture when you look at crisis, and I would submit to you today, it's what needs to be our place in our crisis because I'm reminded then in the scripture of a man named Gideon, who had 32,000 soldiers facing 120,000 soldiers. And God said, Gideon, you got too many people. He's like, I only have a 32, they got 120. He's like, yeah, get rid of a whole bunch of those. (laughs) No, we're going to war. I know, but you're not seeing what I'm seeing. So he whittled it down to 300. 300 against 120,000. There's a different perspective that we can look through. A different perspective that we can see beyond what we're seeing, because God makes the difference And those 300 took care of 120,000. How about Jesus when he was on the hillside and there were 5,000 men listening and plus women and children, upwards of 20,000 men. When he looked at it with their natural eyes, five loaves and two fishes did not amount to a whole lot. But can you see beyond what you're seeing? Can you see with the perspective that God is bigger than what you're facing and what you're dealing with? Because everyone was fed and 12 baskets went home after that. What about for the, my wife preached a couple of weeks ago. But if the lady in the house with the oil. I just got this little bit of oil and then I'm, then I'm not going to die. They're going to take my sons. And he said, go get a, go get some vessels. Not a few. Why? Are you seeing something I'm not seeing? Just go do it. Just be obedient. And then pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. A little bit of oil, a little bit of strength, a little bit of faith. But here's what I know. I'm connected to the presence of God and God is enough. God is a multiplier. God is with me. I thought I was outnumbered, but I'm not. I thought it was over, but it's not. Open my eyes, Lord. When the eyes of the servant were open, he saw hills full of chariots and horses. He saw that what was needed was already there. didn't open his eyes to see all of a sudden okay look what God's going to do and all of a sudden here came this marching parade of horses and chariots no he saw what was already in place when he was able to see beyond the natural circumstances to see through his eyes of faith he saw what was already provided by God God knew he would need an army of flaming chariots and horses before he knew and so he had already set it up there God knows what you have need of before you know what you have need of. God did not answer Elisha's prayer by eliminating the enemy. And that's typically where we are. God, take this from me. God, deal with this for me. God, remove this. Do this. Do something. Eliminate the problem. Take it away. See, God didn't answer a prayer like that. That wasn't the prayer that was prayed. He didn't answer a prayer of eliminating. Instead, he answered a prayer of illuminating. It wasn't a prayer to eliminate the problem. It was to illuminate the presence of God. We need to be praying prayers that illuminate God in every situation because he's always there. We can't see it because of the hurt and the pain and the fear. We can't see it because of the emotions and the chaos of everything around about us and our humanity because we woke up to a different world than we went to sleep and we can't understand it and we're unsettled and we can't figure it out but oh God, open my eyes to illuminate your presence in the midst of my problem let me see what you see let me see through your eyes because you're for me you're not against me you have a good plan for my life and I don't understand it but I trust you in it let me see what you see the situation did not change but the focus did and the only way I know how to stop being afraid is to change my focus because what you focus on you feed so if your focus is on the situation you'll feed your fear if your focus is on the source you'll feed your faith and then you'll see what God sees God is a good God He's a faithful God. And I know all this doesn't make sense. It doesn't. When you woke, it, it doesn't. But we just got to trust him. Open our eyes so we can see what you see because we just don't get it. God, I can't figure it out right now. Just show me. Keep your focus on the source. See, here's the thing. If you start with the source, you'll end with the source. If you start with the situation, you'll end with the situation. In other words, if you start with the source, you'll end in faith. If you start with the situation, you'll end in fear. What a powerful prayer that Elisha prayed. And that's my heart. That's our heart. That's what we want to pray. And we wake up the next morning and things are different than how we went to bed with, whether it be our family, whether it be our marriage, whether it be our our church or anything, whatever it is, it's just different. It wasn't like this when I went to sleep, and now everything's changed. Then we pray. God, open my eyes that I might see wondrous workings of the Lord. Open my eyes so I can see beyond what I see and I can see what you see, that you are already there making a way and escape. He is a good and faithful God. Lord, I just pray right now that you open our eyes. I don't know what everyone's going through. Chances are we're all going through something. Chances are we all woke up to a different world than we went to bed in some way, shape, or form. Father God, open our eyes to see beyond the problem. Open our eyes to see beyond the situation so we can see what you see. Illuminate your presence in the midst of our situation. Help us keep our focus on you. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.